Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. We can look into your word today. Just thank you for, oh, you're so good, Lord. Thank you for the gifts and the callings and uh, everything that you've blessed us with, Lord. And as we look into your word today, thank you for helping us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, today, uh, we didn't do a series in January, so this is just a one-off message. We'll start a brand new series next week. But today, uh, we want to talk about this. This was on my heart, two ways to approach God two ways to approach God and you can just see up there there's two different roads there and how we approach God is really important maybe you don't and maybe some of you know that maybe some of you don't know how you approach God is big it's important and so the right approach when you approach God properly it makes prayer and faith easy and light and doesn't the Bible say this? Jesus said, my burden is what? E- easy. And my, my, well, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that right? So Christianity, uh, even though you may think differently, it should not be heavy. Christianity should not be this heavy thing. Maybe other religions are heavy, but Christianity should be easy and light. That's what Jesus said. So when you get hooked You know, you get yoked up with the Lord Jesus and you make him Lord, then you have to think this, it's going to be easy and light following him, okay? Anytime that it gets heavy and otherwise, do a little review and say, why is this? And so, and and you, you may find out that everyone has a tendency to always go back to legalism, it, it happens. So you get set free and you get Jesus, but somehow as you go, you, you start a new set of rules. <laughs> you, you know, there's a brand new thing that happens, like rules, regulations. You know, some people, people do it differently. You know how I did it when I got saved because I was like a perfectionist. So I thought I'm going to pray an hour every day and read my Bible an, an hour every day. Well, then after a few days, you don't do it. And then, you know, like you're bothered. But I, I made up this rigid thing because I had a tendency to be real rigid uh, before I was saved. And so everyone can make Christianity difficult in different ways, okay? So uh, it's really important how we approach God. And so the right approach makes it easy in life, but the wrong approach makes prayer and faith heavy and difficult, okay? So what are the two ways that we approach God? And we'll say one is old and the other's new. So look at John chapter 1 and verse 17, and it says this. It says, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So one way that we approach the Lord, which we shouldn't, uh, but would be by the law, that was old. The other way is by grace, okay? Each way that people would approach God is it's a result of what they understand and believe about God. So even your past and how you grew up, what you sat and listened to, what you were taught along the way can affect how you approach 
God, approach God today. Okay, so that's why, you know, the Bible talks about renewing your mind and, and those kind of things because uh, it will help us approach God in a way that we can have fruitfulness in our lives. So the Hebrews, of course, God's people were the Hebrews. We're all God's people now, but they were during in the Old Testament. He chose them as a nation. They were under the law. So think about this. When Jesus came to earth, he came to the Hebrews who were under the law and they were approaching God according to the law. That's what Jesus, when he showed up on the earth, that, that was going on. So the law had already formed their beliefs and how they approach God. That's what Jesus came to. So here's an example of that in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 22. It says, but if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Here's what we want to notice there. If you do all, then. So the then was a result of doing the all. They had to qualify, and then something happened. So you notice the approach here is established here that man had to listen carefully, and they had to do everything, all of God's commands. It was dependent upon man, okay, or woman. Man had to do everything just right, everything done, and everything right. Then we see what happens in verse 25, if they did it. Then it says, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and then I will take sickness away from you, or from among you. So what you notice there that God has always been in the healing business, but back in the old covenant, the way that they approached him was based upon them and what they did. And if they did everything, then he would take sickness away from them. And then you even see in verse number 26, it says, I will fulfill the number of your days. In other words, they would live long and their days would be fulfilled. So approaching God in the Old Testament was based upon the goodness of man. You listen carefully. You do everything that I say. And if you do, then I'll take sickness away from you. So that, that's what they were under. Then, okay, when Jesus came to the earth, what did he find? Was that approach and was that system working? Was it working? Well, Here's one scripture that tells us it wasn't working. Look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 15. It says, and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. There were multitudes of sick people when Jesus came to the earth and he healed them. Not, and when he began to heal them, he was not healing them based upon how good they were. It wasn't that because they weren't because of their behavior and because they couldn't perform under the law that's why there were multitudes that were sick they weren't able to get it done okay we know the bible says the law was given as a schoolmaster to lead us to christ so actually the law taught mankind that they weren't good enough and jesus came to that he came to that he came to mankind who wasn't good enough Mankind still isn't good enough, okay? 
So, the law was something that was difficult to keep, all right? The primary way, if you lived in the Old Testament, to be blessed was doing everything right and being good. The primary way to be blessed before Jesus brought grace was the law. The law established a way that people approached God. Okay? Do you have a way established in your life on how you approach God? You know, and, and sometimes it's good to examine the way that we approach God. The law was difficult, and when you decide to approach God through the law, Christianity will be heavy and difficult. There won't be a lot of joy there. Okay? So we could say this, that the law hindered people and grace enables people in their approach to God. The law hindered people and grace enables people in their approach to God. So here's just some definitions for you. Here's the definition of a hinderer. The law was a hinderer. So what is a hinderer? It's one who or that which hinders. <laughs> so the law wasn't a person, but it was a that. <laughs> and the law was something that hindered. So when people approach God through the law, they were hindered. It was difficult. Okay? Now, here's the definition of an enabler. An enabler is a person or thing that makes something possible. So grace is an enabler. If you understand grace and the fact that we're under grace, then Christianity should be light and easy. Okay? So with that in mind, let's, let's say this one more time. The law hindered people and grace enables people in their approach to God. So let's do a little contrast here then. The law made people self-conscious. Are you self-conscious? You know, if you're self-conscious, you should examine yourself because if you're always looking at yourself, it's not good. Grace will make you Jesus-conscious. That's real good. Grace makes you Jesus-conscious. Now, why would that be, and why is that? Well, look at James chapter 2 and verse number 10, and it says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. So you get that. If you were under the law and you just told a little lie, it's like you just broke the whole law by telling a, a lie. Okay? And then you're guilty of everything. So the law pointed you at you. That's what it did. Self-conscious. The law pointed people at themselves. Looking at yourself all the time. Uh, and so people that grew up under that when Jesus came, they, everything, their lives were established. That's how they approached God all the time. They were always looking at themselves when they approached God. Okay. Did I keep this point? Did I keep that point? Examining themselves. So, because of that, and because it was so difficult before Jesus came, there wasn't divine intervention with the Hebrew people. They, there wasn't a lot of intervention between them and God. No divine in, intervention 
basically none. They had rules and regulations, and they just approach God through those, okay? Now look what grace will do. Jesus shows up. Remember the first scripture we read, that he brought grace and truth. Moses, he brought the law. Jesus brought grace and truth. So look at this, what happens. Mark chapter 5 and verse 25, it says, there was a woman who had a discharge of blood 12 years. She was sick 12 years, okay? Who had suffered much under many physicians, so her treatment was painful. Uh, and she spent all that she had, no money left. This is what you call hopeless. She wasn't getting better, but she was getting worse, okay? And then look at verse number 27. It says, when she heard the reports about Jesus and came behind, up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, she said, if I even touch his garment, I will be made whole. Here is a Hebrew woman that grew up under the law that was used to approaching uh, God through the rules and regulations. But Jesus comes now, and this lady, all of a sudden, she isn't looking at herself. Her eyes are not on her, but as soon as Jesus shows up, her eyes get on Jesus, and she gets so consumed with Jesus that she runs out. Think about the she had no money. She was getting worse. She was in pain. She left her house and went through the streets and pushed her way through a multitude of people to touch Jesus. She got so consumed by Jesus that she forgot about herself. You know, you find that with Christianity, that every time that somebody says, we need to go deeper, we need to do more, we need, to, and it's always, when it's always we, 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 I didn't mean that, you, if, you're, if you're French, um, I didn't mean that, you know, if you're French. And by the way, um, our French drummer, I don't, I don't know if his parents are here today, I don't think, but uh, they just became Australian citizens. And uh, if they're in the 1030 service, we'll, make, we'll, we'll congratulate, but congratulations, we went through the same process. But you know, when it's, when it's like me, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to press in, and I'm going to, you know, and, you know, as soon as that creeps into Christianity, you know, it, Christianity then, it's like about you and about everything you're going to do and how you're pressing in and how you're doing this, and your eyes are getting back on everything about you. But really, the way that God designed Christianity is the fact that you get so consumed with Jesus as you're, you're pursuing him. You're responding to him. And then Christianity is not heavy and it's light and easy, okay? So the difference is significant in how you would approach God. And so if you grew up a certain way and maybe you find yourself you're approaching God in some areas that aren't quite right, you can turn that around and you can start approaching God differently. Here's some of the things people that have uh, grown up, like including myself, some of the ways that we might approach God like would be unworthiness, uh, we're undeserving, God is too busy. You know, I grew up thinking God was too busy for me. <laughs> Did anyone grow up thinking that? Like, you think, who am I? <laughs> like, why would God have time for me? You know, you don't think real highly of yourself, and you grow up thinking that, that he's too busy. You know, if you think God's too busy for you, you're wrong. You know, he's so awesome, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. 
you know? And I know that the old thing is like for some of you, he doesn't have to count as much. <laughs> but he knows how many hairs that you have on your head. And he's got time for you. You know, guilt and shame, lack of confidence, all these things when we go to approach God, you know, and they hinder us. And so you might have grown up that way, but you don't have to stay that way. Then Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15, it says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He was the only one that didn't sin. But he, uh, Jesus is talking about our high priest, he understands every one of your weaknesses because he had that he went through it he came to earth so you might think well i no one really can relate to me maybe no one on earth can relate to you but he can he can relate every single weakness he he knows he can he he's touched with that so he faced all the same testings we do as it said Okay, then look at verse number 16. It says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So because of the gift of righteousness, as we sang today, seated, we've been invited to the throne room because of Jesus and the gift. So here's a thought, too. Righteousness is a gift to be received, not a qualification to be met. You can think about that a little bit. Righteousness is a gift to be received, not a qualification to be met. And if you grew up in a way that you're thinking you always have to qualify, and it's always about you and about everything about you, you'll think that you have to, there's a qualification that has to be met, but when you start understanding what Jesus did in Christ, then you know that it's a gift to be received. Nothing we can do about it. And we approach God based upon that. So it says, you know, to come boldly. Let's just break that scripture down there, to come boldly. So let's talk first about the throne room. Okay, come boldly to the th throne room. In the Old Testament, only the priest could go, could go into the holy place. Okay. So it wasn't really called the throne room, but it was the holy place, and only a priest could go in. And that priest had to sanctify himself before he went in, or he could fall, he could die, he could fall over dead. And, and so maybe if you're not familiar with Christianity, the Old Testament was before Jesus came, and the priest would go into the, the holy, it was like a tabernacle, and the presence of God dwelt in this tabernacle that was built by hands, they built like a tabernacle built by hands but God said I'm going to dwell in there and my presence is going to be there it's called the holy place and so in the Old uh, Testament the priest could go in to that holy place but the priest had to sanctify himself before he went in if he didn't sanctify himself he would fall over dead in the presence of God do you understand that when Jesus came to earth and shed his holy blood he paid a price for the presence of God to come into everyone. So it doesn't matter if somebody killed somebody and they were a murderer, the presence of God, if they accepted Jesus as Lord, God's holiness and presence would go into that person 
and would not kill that person, but that person would get regenerated and born again, as we say. God is so good. So, you know, if it was now, if it was based on us, you know, and how good we were, everyone would be falling over dead, you know? But because of the holy blood that Jesus shed, it's, it's not that way. So the throne room, only the priest could go into the holy place. Someone who entered wrongly would fall over dead. Keeping the law, listen, keeping the law didn't bring people into the holy place. It promised them blessings, and they were material blessings, actually, really not spiritual. If you kept the law, he would take sickness off you. You would have uh, financial prosperity. That's what happened if you would keep the law. But it really didn't do anything for you spiritually because there wasn't a whole lot that could be done spiritually because Jesus had to come and shed his blood. And now we have spiritual blessings. And we're going to talk about that next month, as a matter of fact. So if somebody did, uh, they, if somebody did keep the law, they could boast about their works and about their discipline and about their behavior, okay, if they did. So we're talking about coming boldly into the throne room. So let's talk about boldly. Boldly means to exercise courage to be frank, okay? So you think about the Hebrews. They were timid in their approach to God because the law pointed them at their self, and so they were timid, okay? And uh, so he's telling this to the Hebrew people. He's saying, you can come to me boldly and with courage. All right? So, so, so think now, when you go to God, do you feel like you can go to him that way? All right? So boldly means to exercise courage and be frank. So in other words, when you're in a time of need and when, you're, and when you don't feel re really good about yourself, that's when you go with courage and talk frank, just talk frankly to him. Pour out your heart to him. The Hebrews couldn't even do that. They had to do everything perfect. And then uh, it says what we find. What do we find? Well, it says when we go there, we find our gracious God instead of what? A legalistic God. So based upon how you grew up, do you see God as being legalistic or gracious because when you get to that place you'll understand that you're going up to a gracious God and then it says this it says we receive mercy and find grace to help us mercy is not getting the bad you deserve isn't aren't you thankful for mercy but mercy is God saying I forgive you I'm not going to give you the bad that you deserve See, the, the Hebrews would get mercy. There was all, God has always given mercy. He gives it, you know, it was under different circumstances that he would give it. So they've had mercy in the Old Testament. But isn't it wonderful that the way, when we receive mercy, we can go right to the throne room of grace and get it? It's based upon what Jesus did for us. And then grace, it's getting good even when you don't deserve it. Notice that it says that you can receive mercy, but you can find grace. So when you need mercy, you receive it, but when you find grace, so maybe you have a, a grace on your life to do something for God, and maybe you've been serving God for a while, and maybe you feel kind of like weary and tired from serving God for many years. 
you can go boldly to the throne room of grace and find grace, refreshed with grace to continue to serve. Isn't that wonderful? And then this last part, we're just tearing this verse down, in a time of need. Uh, many people have run from God in their time of need. Actually, God, he instructs the exact opposite. He said, come to me in your time of need. It's a wonderful thing, even as a church, you know, they, the military, they, they, they have this thing where they, they say, we're not going to leave anyone behind. It's sad sometimes in the church world when somebody's hurting. The Bible says, you know, if somebody's hurting, to hurt with them and, you know, bring them up. You know, we should, as a church, never want to leave anyone behind. That's the way that God is. So uh, he says, uh, in, in a time of need, run to him, okay? So today, just want to pray for you guys. Uh, Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you that the greatest enabler to approaching you, Heavenly Father, is first of all knowing that you're invited. And so, Father, I pray for our church family today, Lord. I pray for the way that they've been approaching you, Father. If there's anyone here, Lord, that says, I, I just haven't been approaching God right. I haven't even approached him because I don't feel... I don't feel qualified. I don't feel good about myself. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to that person today and letting them know their approach to you isn't based upon how great they are, that we can come to you in our time of need. Thank you, Father, that if there's anyone here that's struggling, that has challenges or problems, Lord, that they see that they can come to you with courage today. They can lay down at your feet lay everything down at your feet and they can even lay and bow down to your presence and receive your mercy father that there's no fear that no one has fear when they come to you heavenly father but there's a boldness that when we go to you father a boldness and i thank you for that lord in jesus precious name Thank you, Lord. God is so good. Benny, could you come up here? I'd like you to give an altar call today. Hello. Thank you, Pastor. It's an honor to give the altar call. Um, as Pastor Tony was saying, our God is a gracious God. He's a kind God, and he, he cares for us. And as um, you can see in the scriptures, it says that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. It is simple to go to God. God has made it simple. In Romans 10 and verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And it's a gift that God has given, paid with Jesus' own blood, so that we can receive salvation. We can receive the Holy Spirit who is God living on the inside of us, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. It says in Ephesians 2 that it is a gift from God that no man can boast. It's a gift. So 
with everyone's eyes closed and everyone's heads bowed, if, if you would like to receive God as your Savior, as your Lord, God's made it very simple. It's in what Jesus has done, not what you have done by your good works, your performance, whether you've kept all the rules, but it's by what Jesus did. And what Jesus did was he came down and he died for you. He shed his perfect blood for you. And because of that, his blood makes you holy. To receive Jesus as Lord and have the Holy Spirit, which is God, to come inside you. Just pray this prayer out from your heart. Just believe it with all your heart and pray this out. I'll just say the words just to help you out. But keep your eyes closed and just focus on you and God. Say with me, Father God, I come before you today, not by my good works, but by what I've heard Jesus has done for me. Jesus, I call you Lord. I believe that you died on the cross for me so that you could restore relationship with God the Father. I acknowledge that this is a gift that you have done for me so that I can have fellowship with God and be secure that I have salvation. And when I pass from this earth, I'll be in heaven with you. Father, Father God, I thank you that right now the Holy Spirit has come to live in my heart and he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And with your eyes just closed and your head still bowed, I'd just like you to slip up your hand if that was the first time you've ever said that prayer. I'm the only one looking around. You don't have to be embarrassed. The majority of this room has already confessed Jesus as their Lord. Just given a couple of moments. If anyone who has said that prayer for the first time, just to quickly raise your hand. Praise God. Okay, you may all look up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Benny. God is good, isn't he? God is good. You can all stand up today. Let's say this together today. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for showing me how to approach you. When I approach you, I approach you based upon Jesus. Based upon my righteousness that is a gift. I have not earned it but you imparted it. Thank you for making me righteous. Thank you for giving me a path directly to you that I can march into your presence with courage and to be frank with you and to talk to you. Physical healing is not based on my works. It's based on the work of Jesus. I do not have to earn my healing. I receive 
my healing. Healing is free. So thank you for free healing. I receive it. I'm healed by his stripes. I simply receive. Healing is mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Peace is ours. He was chastised for our peace. We receive peace freely. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for peace, joy, healing in the Holy Ghost. So this week, Father, we will remember. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at raymond.org.au.